Good morning. Got one, two, three. All right. Hey. All right. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this 16th Sunday after Pentecost. I think we are almost to fall, although I think Wednesday we're going to be back up to almost 80. But it's the Midwest. It's Michigan. At least it's not snowing, right? And now that I've spoken that into existence, that's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. Um, couple of quick things before we get to all the fun stuff. Um, we uh, have a couple announcements that I'm going to let uh, Lisa take care of. Um, but I hope you remembered to bring your hymnals back with you so you can sing. And uh, I apologize in the bulletin, the scripture uh, passages aren't listed uh, that was a mistake on my part. We will get that uh, back in there for next week. So this week, they're just all going to be a big surprise where they are and what they are. Um, I will turn it over to you. I need to go grab a hymnal. All right. Good morning. A few announcements. Our ice cream social is this week, Thursday from 5 to 7. Um, this is going to be the last one for the season. So I don't know if they're still in need of help, but see Linda or Sheila, um, check with them and see if they need some more volunteers to help out with that. Also, uh, Lucy Tressler has uh, requested, if you are able, um, if you, anybody wants to donate a couple hay, hay bales, some corn stalks or chrysanthemums so that we can decorate the front of the church like we did last year. And if we could get that done by Thursday, that would be great. So it'll look nice for our ice cream social. So if you have any questions, uh, you can reach out to Lucy. Um, and her number is 517-423-8097. That should also be in your um, little notebook. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. The, the directory, I guess. So uh, the next announcement is a change with the bulletins. Uh, we are no longer including songs or scriptures verses in our bulletin. You are encouraged to bring your own Bible if you would like to read along. The pastor uses the NRSV or the New Revised Standard Version. If you do not have a Bible, let us know. We have extras and we will get one for you. Uh, we are planning to do the harvest dinner this year, and the date has been set for October 22nd from 5 to 7. This will be a carry-out only. So again, let Linda or Sheila know if you are available to help. Um, or on Monday, the September 28th, Lucy Tressler will be cooking up the squash from the garden. Um, for the dinner, and let's see, it says bring pressure cookers if you have one, and let Lucy know if you could give her some help on September 28th. We are also planning our annual craft show, um, still in need of some crafters, so if you happen to go to a craft show and you see something you like, pick up a card and, and we'll reach out to them. The craft show is scheduled for November 7th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. I think that's all I got. I got one more real quick. If you haven't looked very closely in your bulletin, you should take a peek and see that we are going to be celebrating two baptisms this morning. So that is something to be very, very excited about. Um, so stay awake for that part. Wait till the sermon to take a nap if you need one. 
<laughs> and I've got an announcement too. Uh, trustees, there will be a meeting today at 1230 inside the church. So you can meet probably just outside the sanctuary doors. And we will meet. So all trustees are needed today. Thank you. That sounds like fun. All right, I think we're good to get started. Okay. If you would please join me in the call to worship. God lifts us from death to life. And, and preserves, preserves us for, for God's, God's purposes. Through the compassion of Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. With thanksgiving, praise the Lord. And will you please join me in our opening hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. And that will be it, uh, hymn number 154. Jesse's rod and 
That's better. All right, if you would please join together with me in our opening prayer. Son of God, you walk on the waters of turmoil to meet us in the midst of your purpose journey for our lives. Help us to recognize your presence, remember your promise, rely on your power, and receive your peace through every storm. Amen. If you would please turn to page 33 in your hymnals as we are preparing to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. All right, are we ready? I think we're ready, okay. Brothers and sisters in Christ, beloved children of God, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. This morning, I am very proud to present to you Connor Lee Owens and Morgan K. Owens for baptism. Yay. All right. I've got. <laughs> All right. These are questions I'm directing towards our sponsors and parents, and I will prompt you with the appropriate response so you don't have to memorize anything. Don't worry. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, answer, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, answer, I do. Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? If so, answer, I will. 
Congregation, this part is for you guys, so roll down your window so we can hear you. Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment of Christ? If so, answer, we do. All right, the next part you're going to have to read for yourselves. I'm not going to prompt you for all because it's longer, so look in your hymnals. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. How many things can I juggle at once? The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water in those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness, and throughout their lives that dying and being raised with Christ they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen.
right, who wants to go first? Okay. Don't just lie to me, see what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're I fine. That part. <laughs> All right. Morgan K. Morgan K. Owens, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you get to hold on to this. Connor Lee Owens, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. Sorry. It's a lot harder. And of the Holy Spirit. Okay. This is for you guys. I'll let maybe mom hold that. Thank you. And all of God's people said, Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now it is our joy to welcome our new sister and brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus with joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as members of the family of Christ. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members, together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who has called us, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Let's welcome our new baptized members. That is hands down one of the best parts of all the things I get to do as a pastor. All right, we will continue with hymn number 593, Here I Am, Lord.
you'd please join me in our prayer of illumination. God of our present trouble and promised triumph, open our eyes to see you in the midst of our struggles. Open our ears to hear your words of invitation and assurance. Open our minds to recall your wonderful works and miracles. Open our hearts to glory in your name and seek strength in your word. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 37, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 12 through 28. Joseph dreams of greatness. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Billah and Zephah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? The man said, They have gone away, for I heard one of them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say the wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. 
and his brothers agreed. When some midnight traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christ has freely given us the gift of grace and salvation. Let us therefore freely bring our generous gifts of gratitude to him. We will now collect our offering. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirit shall sorrow no more not a sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore Our bountiful Father above, we will offer the tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our days. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. On that beautiful shore. If you would please join me now in our doxology, which is on page ninety five. Here below, praise him. 
We give you thanks, O Lord, for your sustaining presence and abundant grace. Receive now these gifts we bring to you out of our generous provision in our lives. May they be used to satisfy the hungry and famine, relieve the oppressed in times of trouble, and proclaim everywhere the good news of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you now to a time of prayer and an attitude of prayer. If you look in your bulletins, you will see we have a list of some additional prayer concerns. Um, Abigail, Luann's granddaughter, who's going through a difficult time. Nancy Martin, um, if you had not yet heard, her cancer is back and she will not be seeking treatment. Um, Jody Williams and her family, who are mourning the passing of Al. Uh, Bob Gieske's brother-in-law, Dick, is in the hospital with heart issues. Uh, Chloe Quig, Diane's granddaughter, is undergoing tests for a medical issue. Beth Hall, who is Sue Reese's friend, she is an elementary teacher at Clinton Elementary, has taken a leave of absence from teaching to fight cancer. Uh, Alice Wimple's daughter, Krista, is seeking for prayers for a good friend, uh, Didi, who has a tumor on her brain and her lungs. Leticia Waltz, the daughter-in-law of Roger and Linda Waltz, is in the ICU with a blood clot in her lungs. She's home? Oh, thank, praise God she is home. Yes, okay. We still need to pray for her, but she's home. Uh, Luis's son, Alan, is home recovering from his kidney infection and gallbladder. Uh, Ginny Marsh's daughter uh, passed away from a blood clot, so we are keeping that family in our prayers for mourning. Uh, Kara Mayfield, the daughter of Alice Gilwell's best friend Mary, uh, had a mastectomy surgery on Wednesday. Um, Larry Sanford has suffered a stroke. Mary Rushlow was admitted to U of M Hospital Monday because of an abscessed tooth. Um, if you have never, oh, she's home? Okay, she is home, but if you've ever had an abscessed tooth, you know the pain that that, that is. Uh, the Cushmo family is asking for prayers of comfort after Ray passed away on September 6th. So prayers for their mourning. Uh, Carol Tapp's husband had a heart attack and is at the Toledo Hospital. Ryan and Lori Young uh, were in a motorcycle accident uh, and sustained some very serious injuries. And Sue Hartag has started a new chemo drug. And we are praying that her body will be able to tolerate it and keep the beast at bay. Um, and Chrissy McCain, who is very sick. Um, so please keep all of those people in your prayers and join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you, a thankful people, for all of the blessings you bestow upon us in our lives. We are thankful for our time together to worship you we are thankful for our loved ones. We are thankful for so many different things in our lives. But God, you taught us to bring everything to you in prayer. And so we also carry and lift to you the things that are weighing heavily upon us. You have heard the names we have lifted who are in need of healing. And we ask that you would guide the hands and the efforts of the doctors, the nurses, the surgeons, the research scientists, the lab technicians, everyone involved in the healing and healthcare process. We give them to you and ask that you would continue to watch over them. 
whatever their struggle may be, physical, emotional, or mental. We also give you thanks this day for all of those who work so diligently to keep us safe in our world. And we ask that you would continue to watch over them. We lift up all of those who serve in our military and armed forces, our firefighters and police officers, our first responders, and so many others who work so diligently to keep us safe. We ask that you would guide them in their words and actions, that you would keep them safe and strong. And for those who are far away from home, we pray that they may be able to come home soon and we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. We also lift to you, our nation and every nation in this world, there is still a time of unrest, not just because of this pandemic, but for many other reasons, for many different people. And God, we pray for your peace that you might envelop this world with the Holy Spirit. Help us to work together and see one another as beloved children of God, equal in your eyes, and work together for the betterment of all humanity. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds, we lift to you today in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, now is our youth moment time. So I invite all of our youth and children to come forward and hang out with me up here. Again, remember, we are all children of God, so you are all welcome to come and hang out up front. But if you want a sucker, you definitely have to come up. All right. How is everybody doing today? You guys having fun? Yeah, did you like the baptism? Yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's one of my favorite things I get to do. All right, so who here at your parents' house or maybe your grandparents or your aunt and uncle or whoever you, you spend a lot of time with, who here do they have rules at their house? Everybody? Yeah? Yeah, rules like uh, probably no drawing on the walls. Um, what other kind of rules do you guys have? Yes, we do. We do tell the kids what to do at our house. What about you? What's one of the rules at your house? Not tell your mom no. All right, what about you? Not to do bad stuff, yes. What about you? Not to say the word Michigan. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Ohio's a bigger no-no though, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so so parents have rules, right? Our, our adults in our lives have rules. I bet there's rules in your, for school that your teacher probably has. Um, and those rules 
are there to try and help keep us safe and to make sure we don't maybe break stuff or do bad things. Um, and some of the rules are, are not really fun and they're kind of a drag, but they're most of the time they're there for a good reason. Did you know before Jesus came, God had a list of rules for the people? Do you know how many were on there? Guess a number. How many? Five. Five? What about you? Ten? Eight. Okay, what about you? So, yeah? A thousand. Okay. A hundred and thousand million. Well, we do have the Ten Commandments, but there were actually over 600 rules that people had to follow. Can you imagine that 600? That's a lot of rules. But when Jesus came and did all that cool stuff for us and died for us to save us, he got rid of all of that and replaced it with just two rules. Okay, and so those are the two rules that I want to talk to you about, and I'm going to challenge you guys to do your best this week with, okay? The first rule is to love God. Can you guys love God? You got to love God with everything you've got, okay? And the second rule, hold on. The second rule is to love your neighbor. But your neighbor isn't just the person who lives in the house next to you. Your neighbor is everybody else in the world. And I know that's hard sometimes because there's some people who maybe aren't very nice to us or drive us kind of crazy. But that's what Jesus wants us to do. Love God and love our neighbors, okay? So that's what I need you guys to do this week. Can you do that? You work really hard on that? Awesome. All right. Before we get to the suckers, I need you guys to help me with something. We need to do the Lord's Prayer, but all the adults forgot the words again. They've been very busy, the pandemic's messing with our minds. So I need you guys to help me lead them in the Lord's Prayer. Can you do that? Okay, we'll do it responsively again, okay? I'll say something and you repeat after me, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen awesome in addition to suckers we have one other special thing for you for each family we have a box of pop tarts so come get a sucker and then come get a box of pop tarts for each family yeah, we're, we're bringing them over. Hold on.
then it's time for Sunday school. See, AJ's got AJ's got the box. Yeah, you'll share it. Go back. Time for Sunday school. Oh, Josh. Go go to Sunday school, okay? There's a bunch of them. They can have a second box. I'll have you do the second one. I'll do the third one. All right, guys. Olivia, bring everybody in. All right. Sunday school. Come on. All right. Sunday school. Let us confess our sins to the Lord of all who is generous to all who call upon him. If you'd please join me in our prayer of confession. Lord Jesus, we call upon you. Save us. We are intimidated by our circumstances, distracted from your purposes, drowning in doubts and fears. We are presumptuous about your will, belittling others and magnifying ourselves. We envy the blessings of others secretly despising their dreams. We have hardened our hearts to the suffering of our brothers and sisters, feeding ourselves in the face of the injustice that holds them captive. Lord Jesus, who searches our hearts, lift us from sin and help us to walk with you in faith, humility, and brotherly, sisterly love. Amen. Please take a moment now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, our God sees all, knows all, and forgives all restores all through our Lord Jesus Christ. No one who believes in him will be put to shame, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Okay. Will you please join us in the second scripture reading, Matthew 14 verses 22 through 33 in the NRSV. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, 
It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord, and you say, Praise, Praise to you, you Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Will you please join us now for a hymn, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, number 139. Doth speed spread. 
right, our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. This section is titled, Salvation is for All. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your hearts who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you on your lips and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess, confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one who believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved, the scripture says no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, we, your people, acclaim you. We praise you. We exalt you. We bless your holy name. It is your love that is revealed in the life and death of Jesus. It is your power that is seen in his resurrection. And it is your majesty that is made known by his ascension into heaven to be at your side. Help us, O God, to always keep your power and your authority and your love and your majesty in our minds and to never neglect the doing of your will. Help us to be obedient to the word you place in our hearts and our minds. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we are again continuing in our sermon series for September, Broken Good News for Tough Times. And we're focusing on some of Paul's letters to the Romans, the church in Rome. I want to again point out that it is important for us to note that Paul addresses this letter to a group of people that he had never met. He wrote it, however, with the hope of encouraging and building up this faith community, one that he dreamed of visiting one day. Paul was so well aware of the perils that Christians were facing during this period in history. A world was continuing to change and become more diverse. And so he wrote them with the hope of building them up, their, their faith community, their faith, their trust in God. So sin... Sin is a hindrance. Sin is a stumbling block. Sin is a wall that tries to keep God out of our lives and our hearts. From the beginning, or extremely near to it anyway, our human sin has kept us from having full unity with God. And when we accept that truth, 
maybe hindrance and stumbling block just don't quite do justice to all that sin is and does. Sin is like a wall or some kind of barrier that we cannot scale on our own. It is like a uh, chasm that we alone cannot cross. Sin is like a prison that tries to keep our souls from the freedom that they crave. But the other truth that we must recognize is that despite the truth of sin, there is the truth that God has always remained faithful. God remained faithful by making and keeping promises to Abraham. God remained faithful by rescuing the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt. And despite these continued examples of faithfulness by God, the people seemed determined to go their own way. Their relationship with God was not being upheld from their end of things. So, God gave people the law. Well, God gave the law to Moses, who then gave it to the people. And God did this to rectify the broken relationship that we, they had. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, not according to Paul. Paul feels that instead of helping to mend this broken relationship with God, instead the law led the people of Israel to seek their own righteousness rather than God's righteousness. In Midrashic fashion, Paul wrestles with the law throughout his letter to the Romans. He describes it as somewhat of a barrier to salvation by faith. He describes the law that it is cumbersome to keep and it nurtures self-reliance instead of reliance on God. But there is good news, there is hope. And Paul shares that with the readers in Rome. That good news is that what the law could not do, the incarnation can. Jesus, the incarnation of God, is the end of the law, the fulfillment of the law, and the telos, or the ultimate aim of the law. God's intent to be at one with God's people, to fix that broken relationship with God's people, is manifest in the Christ. Jesus can heal the broken relationship between creature and creator and among the created order. It is our heartfelt belief in Jesus and God, confessed with our mouths, this is the one God sent to save the world that redeems us and reconciles us to the God who loves us. So in place of the law and its 613 commandments, just like I was talking to the kids about, 613 commandments, in its place is the commandments from Jesus to love the Lord your God with all you have, all you are, all your being, all your soul, all your might. And to, love the, and to love your neighbor as yourself. From 613 commandments down to two. And this is true for Jews as well as for Gentiles. So this is not just a change that affects the Gentiles because they are new to the scene, so to speak. But it is true for everyone. Paul's work here in Romans, his midrash, revokes the sense that good works can save us. It quashes the idea that any human has the capacity to save themselves. It takes that power, or responsibility maybe, out of the hands of humanity. 
and it replaces it with the truth and reality that only God, only grace can set us free. Only God and only grace can release us from condemnation. It is only God and it is only grace that can overcome our sin and the brokenness of our relationship with God. I'd like to look at the words in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 5 through 11 for a moment. It says there that, Then you should solemnly state before the Lord your God, My father was a starving Aramean. He went down to Egypt, living as an immigrant there with few family members. But that is where he became a great nation, mighty and numerous. The Egyptians treated us terribly, oppressing us and forcing hard labor on us. So we cried out for help to the Lord, our ancestors' God. The Lord heard our call. God saw our misery, our trouble, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, with awesome power and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land full of milk and honey. So now I am bringing the early produce of the fertile ground that you, Lord, has given me. Set the produce before the Lord your God, bowing down before the Lord your God. Then celebrate all the good things the Lord your God has done for you and your family, each one of you, along with the Levites and the immigrants who are among you. These words confess the God who drew Jesus out of the womb of the chosen people, the people of Israel, and gave him back to them in a gracious act of love, his death and resurrection. God now chooses all who would believe in the one who was sent. That is the good news. That is the hope for us for eternity. And that hope is important for us. It is a hope that we must not only cling to, but also celebrate. The reality is, grace repairs the brokenness that we feel. And that brokenness is, is the gap between the people that we strive to be and the fallible people that we are. That brokenness is the gap between God's perfection and our imperfection. That brokenness is the divisions that we create and perpetuate between all of us and God's creation. That brokenness tries to kill our hope, tries to wreck us completely. But we have our hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus restores what was broken. Jesus fulfills God's promise of salvation. Jesus fulfills the law. Jesus is the end of the law. And therein lies our hope. We have a real hope for salvation because of Jesus. We have a real hope for salvation because Jesus has taken away the onus for us to try and save ourselves through good works. That is not just real hope, but it is truly hope realized. And because we have seen this hope realized, we have been freed. We have been freed to live and carry out these two commandments that Christ brought to us to love God with all we have and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We do not have to worry about those 613 commandments. We don't have to worry about what will happen to us at the end of this life. 
because we believe in the saving acts of Jesus Christ. So we are freed for so much more. We are freed to hope in new things. We are freed to have hope for the future of the church, our congregation, our community, our world. And we are free to have that hope because we don't need to worry about trying to save ourselves through good works. Instead, we can now do good works in an effort to share God's love and grace with others. Good works are no longer a burden for us, but now instead are hopeful acts for sharing the good news. Good works are an opportunity to reflect God's love and grace to the world. And there are so many opportunities in front of us, even now in this time of pandemic. So much that we can be hopeful for. And Jesus has freed us to live into that hope. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 578, God of love and God of power.
Beloved children of God, may the generous blessing and favor of our loving, abundant God lift you, sustain you, and send you to the world with the gift of life. The word of faith is near you on your lips and in your heart. How shall others hear unless you proclaim it? Go now in the generous grace and favor of our God. How beautiful are the feet of you who bring the good news. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.